Are you interested in automation and artificial intelligence? Are you afraid that Skynet is going to come and take over the world? Are you looking forward to automated cashiers at your local McDonald's? If so, this episode is for you. Welcome to the Code City Podcast, where we help unleash the entrepreneur in everyone through talks, startups, boot camps, mentors, and events, all designed to give you the tools you need to innovate wherever you are. My name is Eric Williams, and I am with my co-host, Nate Walk. And Nate, the question for you is, what is your favorite robot type movie can i say the jetsons i know that's a cartoon okay actually i haven't watched it in 20 years but okay so but why though well it was just neat seeing a picture of the future painted as a kid for things we didn't have you know robots serving you you know vehicles flying all around it was just an incredible future could you imagine having your car fold up into your briefcase? I mean, that's... Mine does. <laughs> that's right. I'm here from the future to reveal this new invention. And then having talking dog and a robot, like nanny type of thing. I don't know what she made. was. I, yeah. So we recently uh, had a talk from a guy named Jamie Wright, who was talking about artificial intelligence and automation. Uh, brought a little bit of RoboCop and Terminator in there, didn't he? Yeah, he sure did. So Jamie gave a talk on artificial intelligence, and a friend of mine showed me a chart not too long ago, and it was showing the different ages of human history, the Stone Age up through the Industrial Revolution, and we're now in what's called the Information Age. Well, they say that we're on the verge of a new age called the Age of Automation, Mm -hmm. and it's basically robots performing and taking over human tasks. So artificial intelligence, Jamie's talk tied into what is the state of artificial intelligence now? What are uh, some of the fictionalized versions of AI? What What will it probably practically and really look like in and what are our capabilities now? It was fascinating. Yeah, so we're going to be learning more about this artificial intelligence, this automation piece, because the bottom line is it's here, it's not going away, and it's it's only going to become more innovative and more intense and more pervasive in our society today. And so let's hear what Jamie has to say. I'm going to talk about artificial intelligence, uh, just a high-level overview. A little bit about me. I'm a software developer for 20 years been doing a lot of web, web-based programming. And a few years ago, I got really involved with chatbots, uh, which are programs that simulate conversations with humans. And there's a lot of natural language processing involved. So that's kind of where I got into artificial intelligence. So first, let's define what artificial intelligence is. And artificial intelligence is like an umbrella term. And the Wikipedia is science and engineering of making intelligence machines. I think of it like this, which is just, you have a lot of data, use a lot of math, and use a lot of uh, computer science to implement those set algorithms. In um, statistics is usually involved. Um, So that's really what artificial intelligence is. There's no magic, it's not crazy, craziness talk. It's just math and data and uh, some programs implement. And there's a long history to it, this is, uh, does anybody know who this is? It's not Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Alan Turing. Oh, okay, it's Alan Turing. So one thing that he did was single, single-handedly, almost single-handedly ended World War II a few years earlier, saving hundreds of thousands of lives. But besides that, he also uh, wrote a paper called uh, Computer Machines and Intelligence. And he's the creator of the Turing test, which is uh, a test that he performed to see if humans could talk, you know that they were talking to humans or machines. And based on that work in 1955, uh, this man who is Alan Newell, 
uh, created what is widely considered the first artificial program, artificial intelligence program, and um, based a lot, lot on Alan Turing's work. 1956, there was a conference and uh, the term artificial intelligence was coined. Uh, 1968, this important event happened, 2001 A Space Odyssey, uh, where uh, HAL was a artificial intelligence. That's where a lot of the public got introduced to AI and the dangers of AI, I guess. Then in 1970, we're getting some cool stuff. So um, 1970, um, this British professor said that there's a lot of um, downsides to AI, lot, not a lot of progress is being made. So between like 1970s and 1980s, a lot of the funding fell through. Uh, it's called the AI winter is what people refer to it as. So a lot of progress stopped in the 70s and 80s. But in the 90s, this thing happened, which uh, IBM created B uh, Deep Blue, who beat the world champion chess player, Kasparov. Beat him. Uh, actually, Kasparov won the first game, and Deep Blue won the next two. Um, something that IBM also did in 2011, uh, IBM Watson beat, you guys know who Ken Jennings is? He won like 90 straight games of Jeopardy. And then this is the all-time uh, money winner, Jeopardy. Um, but I got a video from that. So we're going to have a multimedia extravaganza here. Hopefully you guys can hear this. I remember that morning going to the lab, and I was thinking, this is it. This is the last Jeopardy game. The IBM Challenge. Here we go. Brad, if you're ready, make your first choice. Let's take alternate meanings for 200, Alex. Four-letter word for a vantage point or a belief. Brad. What is a view? Yes. After the first clue of the game, which Brad won, I had just this horrible feeling at that moment that he was as good as everyone said he was, and he was just going to run the whole board on us. Watson. What is shoe? You are right. We actually took the lead. We were ahead of them, but then we started getting some questions wrong. Watson. What is leg? No, I'm sorry. I can't accept that. What is 1920s? No. What is chic? No. Sorry. Brad. What is class? Class. You got it. Watson. What is Sauron? Sauron is right, oh. and that puts you into a tie for the lead with Brad. The double jeopardy round of the first game I thought was phenomenal. Watson went on a tear. Watson. Who is Franz Liszt? You are right. What is violin? Good. Who is the church lady? Yes. <laughs> Watson. What is narcolepsy? You are right, and with that, you move to 36000 $681. The risk was Ken gets a daily double, bets big, gets it right, he's going to be well ahead. And then with that kind of lead going into Final Jeopardy, if he bets enough, he could end up winning the match. Ken, what's a committee? We got to find that last daily double. We got to find that last daily double. It was a crucial moment in the game. There was still a daily double on the board, and it was starting to become uh, pretty clear that it was in the legal ease category. Let's go to legal ease for 1200 Watson. What is executor? Right. Same category, 1600. Answer, very double. 
That was the moment when I knew it's over. The category is 19th century novelists. What Watson wants to do then is preserve the lead, not take a big risk, especially with Final Jeopardy, because just like for humans, Final Jeopardy is hard for Watson. Now we come to Watson, who is Bram Stoker and the wager. Hello, 17,973. Okay. So um, there's a lot going on there. Uh, Watson wasn't just hooked up to the internet, like Googling stuff. Um, what was happening was it was actually listening, parsing what people were saying using speech recognition, parsing those wave files into actual text, running uh, some machine learning. It was fed a bunch of articles. Um, Jeopardy, the, the contestants get like a book of possible subjects that they, they study. Watson got the same thing, inputted all that information using machine learning, came up with the prob probability of the answers, then converted uh, the text back to speech synthesis and said that. And that happened all in real time. So it wasn't just a lot of people think it was just hooked up to the internet, Googling answers. That wasn't the case. So I talked a lot about branches of different, different branches of AI. Um, I have another video that talks more about machine learning. Now, machine learning, all it is is um, data with a generic um, algorithm that you use to, to find patterns in the data, find matches, um, and use statistics to prob uh, and probability to find the correct, the correct answer. In computer science, a lot of people say that they're using machine learning when actually they're just using a specific algorithm that they programmed against the data set, whereas machine learning is actually just a generic, um, just a generic algorithm. So here's another example. His goal is to build safe artificial general intelligence. We know that AI can be extremely beneficial to humanity, and it's going to require fundamental advances to see what it's really capable of. Dota is a great test bed for artificial intelligence. It's a very complicated game with a large competitive scene. And what this means is that you have to develop new techniques. You have to push forward the boundary of what's possible in order to get anywhere. For this project, we're building a Dota player. We're starting with a bot capable of beating top professional players at Dota 1v1. The rules of Dota are so complicated that if you just think really hard about how the game works and try to write those rules down, you're not even going to be able to reach the performance of a reasonable player. So our bot is trained entirely through self-play. It starts out completely random with no knowledge of the world and simply plays against a copy of itself, which means it always has an evenly matched opponent. And it climbs this ladder of skill level until it's able to reach the performance of the best professional players in the world. The International is Dota's world championships. 20,000 fans come from around the world to watch professionals compete for a $24 million prize pool. Over the course of the International, we tested our bot against a number of professional players. It turns out that our AI has learned really robust skills in the game that is actually really competitive with these pros. Many of the pros wanted to keep playing the bot and started talking about using it as part of their training routine. First impression. So what the bot was doing, like, like Greg explained in that video, was actually learning uh, how to play the game better and better by feeding itself the same data that it learned playing the previous games. And that's how it learned more and more. Deep learning is another, is a kind of a subset of machine learning where you're more concentrated on the data and the shape of the data rather than the algorithms it uses um, 
that are implemented in machine learning. Um, I have a video for that, but it's dry and we're not going to do it. Um, optical character recognition is another branch. These are the, this is the jerk face technology that gives you these things in the mail. Um, it, uh, it, it can look through images and determine if that is a, uh, what kind of character that is by looking at pixels. Um, it's been around for a while, scanning PDFs, scanners, you know, it's been built in. Uh, so people don't consider this a lot of AI, but this is part of uh, AI tech, techno, uh, tech stack, I guess. Image recognition, this is really cool. Um, Self-driving cars use this. Um, Google has a uh, project where they fed it a bunch of images on the internet. And learning from that data could determine a dog, a hat. Um, and you, this is a really hard problem, because like a, a cat, you know, this is the back of a cat, but that's different than the front of a cat. Or a cat, you know, cats are weird, so they lay different positions and like jump and they get scared easily and they're weird. Um, so these are like hard problems to decipher. Speech recognition. Um, Everybody knows about speech recognition. Everybody has a, well, not everybody, but a lot of people talking to their phones uh, or their little speaker systems. No phone today. Okay, I found this note. Your note from today says, Alexa, tell me about my 3 p.m. appointment. That's all. Here's the next event. Today, at 3 p.m., there's a okay Google. What's in my calendar at 4 p.m.? So this, this person built an infinite loop of AIs talking to each other. Um, but again, this is taking the waveform uh, that gets uploaded uh, using uh, language, processing what uh, that into text. And then from that text, natural language understanding. So what does that text mean? By, it's, the, it's, it's the technology behind how Siri um, says that when you ask Siri, hey, what's the weather supposed to be like tomorrow? Or you say, hey, do I need an umbrella tomorrow? It understands that those are the same things that you're trying to accomplish. And that's done through, through natural language understanding. This is very cool. This is like my love affairs, natural language understanding. Um, I could talk for an hour about that, but people would fall asleep. All right, so what are some of the fiction stories? Uh, this is a big one. Um, this is a big one that people think uh, there's going to be robots that are coming into a live and kill us, especially when you do this to robots. Um, that's just going to make them angry. And then there's some, some pretty smart people that have some things to say about AI. Elon Musk says AI is vastly more uh, risky than North Korea. Uh, Bill Gates doesn't understand why people are not concerned. Stephen Hawking says uh, AI could be the worst event in the history of our civilization. So there's some really smart people that are concerned. Uh, the problem with all those quotes is they're taken out of context. They talk more about um, if we're not careful and don't um, go about this the right way, uh, AI can be harmful for us. It's not going to come alive with robots and 
destroy us, but it could give us false uh, results. Um, it could do. It could give us false results on, on purpose. So um, I, I personally don't think events like that will happen where there's a Skynet and robots come and kill us. Um, because we are very, um, it's going to take a long time and we're just figuring out what AI can do. Smart people are working on it. Um, and so it's a, it's a cause and effect thing. Once we learn some more stuff, there's some, some good people around it that are, that are teaching everybody else about it. That's one of the uh, existence of OpenAI, which you saw that, that second video was from Greg Brockman. OpenAI is a foundation that they're trying to bring uh, good, um, good AI into existence. And it's, it's backed by um, Elon Musk and some other people. Um, so it's nothing that we have to worry about. And I don't think, just because there's good people working on it, that, and this is going to be a slow process, that, that we don't have to really worry about that. Um, here's another uh, little video. Um, AI is going to take all of our jobs. Robotics was founded in 2007 with the goal of bringing robotics and automation to on-site construction. We started construction robotics, and we decided to build a robotic brick lane system. There were two fundamental problems we had to solve. The first one is... Um, it is true, AI will take some of our jobs. Um, but we've been through lots of renaissances, industrial renaissance, internet renaissance, I think AI is, AI is the next renaissance. Um, and I'm, when I talk about some things in the future, I think um, education is going to need to go through a, a, another renaissance. Um, and uh, we, just like the internet, we, we've been prepared for the internet. New jobs cropped up, old jobs went away. I think the same thing will happen with, with AI. All right. so. <clears throat> Some of the things that are available today that are pretty cool. Uh, translations between languages. Um, Google just released a ear, ear pods that sit in your ear that, that uh, will translate the language in real time as you're speaking. So you can visit uh, non-English speaking uh, worlds and uh, be OK with, with those. That's pretty cool. Although I just worked on a project. Uh, that does translations and uh, in Mandarin and using Google Translate and a native Mandarin speaker gave it a 4 out of 10. So we've got some work to do. Um, it can recognize emotions in images of faces. There's, a, there's an app that reads books to children that um, looks at the pictures and, and, and puts emotion into its speech. Um, Everybody's got parking difficulties, I guess. Uh, there's an app to, to help you um, know when, when and where to park. Uh, some of the cool things that AI is doing in um, the medical world, uh, discovering new uses for drugs, existing drugs. There's uh, spot cancer with more accuracy. Then uh, there's a project where top 10 of the doctors looked at, at skin um, graphs or whatever, not doctor. Um, and they predicted cancer about 50% of the time. Coin flip. AI, they used AI and predicted 97% accuracy. So 
you can see where, you know, AI, I don't think, is going to take away jobs. It's going to kind of enhance and uh, help us do our, us do our jobs um, better in the future. Um, there's, a, there's an app that predicts hypo, hypoglycemic events in diabetics, like three hours before they actually happen. Um, for agriculture, there's predicting crop yields every future or every year, so you can you can uh, plan for that. Uh, they sort crops. Um, there's a that takes away some of the a lot of work, and actually after you get the crops, sorting through them for selling. Um, spot burglars in your home. I think that just listens for sounds after midnight. I'm just joking, but there's does some image recognition and things like that, so it, it can. Um, know who strangers are and um, this is a cool this is some science fictiony stuff um, some minority report stuff but the CIA developed a uh, they're developing some uh, machine learning application that can predict by looking at social graphs and social media can predict um, riots and social unrest like up to five days beforehand um, Fraud payments are use uh, insurance. Uh, legal case research. There's a there's a legal case where an AI machine replaced like a hundred paralegals looking for um, case files, looking through case files, and that was actually admissible in court. Um, and for us developers, there's even uh, AI that will write uh, tests for the software that you write to make sure that your software. Uh, is uh, good. So, <clears throat> one of the things with the job market I think that is going to see an immediate hit is transportation industry. Um, transportation industry is like one of our most employed um, industries. There's a, and with the um, advent of electric and self-driving cars, um, I think that industry is going to be hit the hardest uh, initially. Um, education has to change, uh, and I think it will change in the near future. The fact that we spend 20 grand a year to go to a four-year college and 18, we're supposed to pick out what we want to do for the rest of our lives, um, I think is crazy talk, and I think that's going to change, and I think AI is going to help with that. Um, there's already a lot of projects on way uh, in the pipeline that people are working on to help people learn stuff, um, kind of like a personal professor. So I think education uh, and teaching is going to happen faster, a faster rate, and more of on your own time. Um, and we need to prepare people for the jobs that are going to lost in retail and in service industries, hospitality and construction. Um, we need to be the people that are building those things, that are that we're, that software developers are working with to educate how to build those things and what those things need to do. Um, rather, so we need to be a, a nation of, of producers rather than consumers. And I think I think that's going to be realized um, a, a lot faster than than I think people realize. The other thing that's going to happen in about a year. Uh, speaking of social media and the last election and Russians, um, it was bad. There's a lot 
it was a lot more involved than um, a lot of the public um, realizes or accepts. Uh, there, there was a lot of really good technology around AI and determining where and when to play certain fake news events. And if you think that was bad with fake articles, this is an example of something that may get even worse. Here's an example. So I think what we're going to see is we're going to start seeing fake videos on top of um, fake stories. And they're going to be really, really hard to disseminate what's true and what's false. Uh, I know Facebook is working on, on this problem, and I know Google is working on this problem. Um, but our next major elections next year, they have about a year to work on it. So be prepared for that. And one thing is AI is going to be everywhere. Whatever job you do, um, whether it's a um, predicting how much coffee inventory to, to uh, create um, or working on self-driving cars, AI is going to be in every situation. <clears throat> Superhuman AI, this is, I talked about this already. I think this is far off. Uh, this is AI that computers are better at than doing than, than us humans, and they're going to be able to do it faster. Uh, there are certain things that computers are really good at that humans are horrible at. Calculator, for example, looking at data in spreadsheets. And then there's certain stuff that humans are much better at that takes a lot, a lot of work for computers to do. Common sense is one of them. Um, I can look around this room very easily and determine what's going on here. It takes a lot for a computer to, to do that. So um, if you have any interest in this space at all, this is, this is one thing like as a software developer that's really, really exciting, being able to kind of be a part of this revolution, um, however small or however big. Um, and if you want to make a lot, a lot of money, this is not uh, a bad field to, to be in. Uh, in AI and computer science. So um, that is all I've got for you guys. I heard probably my favorite quote of any Code City talk, and that is RoboCop is real. <laughs> I'm just, I'm waiting for the day. I'm ready for RoboCop. Let's just bring that on. Skip everything else and bring on RoboCop. But seriously, yeah. Nate, what was your takeaway from this talk? What I got from it was the disruption that's already happening and how industries are about to be revolutionized because of artificial intelligence. Everything from finance to transportation to medicine. Yeah, and so you were sharing with me that idea that as things become more automated, um, we become more entrepreneurial. Is that right? Yeah, you know, and the idea that it, as technology advances, it, it goes at an exponentially faster rate. Sure. So the the fear, I guess, is is that what will humans do if all of our menial tasks are taken away? And uh, many thinkers uh, think that we're going to. Uh, be able to express our artistic selves and our um, creative selves better, which would tie into entrepreneurship, creating businesses or organizations that um, 
our, our entrepreneurial nature. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? I think that that also talks a little bit in kind of a different way. We had a, a recent talk, recent podcast, which we'll link in the podcast notes from Morgan Fitzgibbons, where he talked a little bit about civic hacking. And he brought up that idea in San Francisco where they kind of had that movement where it said, okay, if we take away all these menial tasks that you have to do, what sort of things can you think and dream about? And so this, this idea was really even alive and well moving in the 60s and 70s. And now we're starting to see tech catch up to those types of ideas. And so when we're more entrepreneurial, what are the things that we need to keep in mind as, as our society becomes more entrepreneurial? Well, I think that, um, you know, we're going to have to look at how do we experience comfort? How do we experience luxury? What are human beings needs and wants going to be mm-hmm. and start gearing our services towards that? And that brings up a great point. Um, if you are looking to innovate more, if you're an entrepreneur with an idea or you want to be around more entrepreneurs who are figuring out how to hack their way into the future, come to a Code City talk. We'd love to have you out at Rust Belt Coffee at six o'clock any Monday night. We're going to put all the information in the show notes of the podcast. So make sure you check that out. But we also want you to uh, check out some of the other things that Code City has to offer for you. If you have a product, a service, an idea, a startup, whatever it looks like, you go to codecity.co where we've got a creative team as well as a startup team that can offer you uh, a couple other services. Yeah. Come out to the Monday nights, uh, make some friends, ask some questions, find a mentor, inspire somebody else. It's a great time. Uh, 6 p.m. like you said on Monday nights at Rust Belt. Uh, It's just an awesome time. Yep. Share this podcast with a friend because there's obviously someone out there. You can think of them right now. They're working that nine to five job. They're punching the time clock. They're doing something that basically a robot could do for them or in 10 to 20 years a robot will be doing for them. So do them a favor. Send this podcast to them. Encourage them to start thinking and innovating in their own life because here at the Code City Podcast we want to help unleash the entrepreneur in everyone and we will see you next time.